This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Of course, they don't give a shit if you like it or not. They care that you watched it. And Willis. If social media today existed in 2003, Jeremy Piven would be the big name. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. The times are changing as they do often in the movie and TV industry, and we've got some things to talk about uh, this week, dear listener. First and foremost, Disney Plus is finally merging with Hulu to become one streaming service, which I actually didn't know was going to happen. I kind of thought they were going to keep those separate, but like, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Um, maybe that has something to do with the numbers. I, I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah. We'll definitely see. Um we're then going to talk about what actually makes a movie star in 2023 and how you achieve that because it seems like it's more of a celebrity status thing that might garner some attraction for studios to get you cuz what are the metrics now like what what can yeah. you possibly gain from that um so we're going to talk about that and then we're going to talk about uh the sheer audacity of filmmakers <laughs> in 2023 because uh there are some massive swings that have been taken recently, last year as well as this year, that are not just like little tiny indies or what have you. It's like front page of Netflix or also in in 3,000 theaters across uh, America. And we need to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but before we do that, let me go through what is releasing this week because first and foremost, guys... Fast X is landing in theaters May 19th. Oh, my God. Um, And I don't really know. I mean, we're at 10 Fast and Furious movies. I, I couldn't I couldn't even, like, begin to explain that. <laughs> um, I mean, technically, 11, because there's Hobbs and Shaw in that's there. That's true. That's true. And I believe that Fast X is part one of three. So we have three... Fast Talk about the coming. audacity of just like, <laughs> we're going to end this with a trilogy. And then like part three is part 1.5 of, you know, <laughs> it's going to be, it's never end. There's, this is not going to end. There's yeah. no way. Um, but that's It'll end when Vin Diesel dies. True. That's very and true. And not going to lie, I would 100% watch 70 year old Vin Diesel drive around in cars. Oh yeah. And you know, he already has contracts written up for his AI, like deep fakes that he's like, we're going to keep these going, man. There's no way. Um, but that's really it for coming to theaters. I will say uh, Master Gardener, which is Paul Schrader's new movie, is coming out limited this day as well. Who knows if this is going wide? So if you can see it, check it out this weekend. Um, it's Paul Schrader. So like, come on. Um, and then for streaming, it's mostly just shows this week. We have The Family Stallone coming to Paramount Plus on the 17th. We have High Desert coming to Apple TV Plus on the 17th. Uh, McGregor Forever hitting Netflix on the 17th. Uh, we have XO Kitty hitting Netflix on the 18th. Uh, Rain Wilson and the Geography of Bliss coming to Peacock on the 18th. Um, Which sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm down. Love Rain Wilson. Uh, Stillwater Season 3 coming to Apple TV Plus on the 19th. And then Se Selling Sunset coming back for, I believe, the sixth season coming to Netflix on the 19th as well. And that's kind of it. I think everyone's like, you know, Guardians, Fast X. Like, we're not going to do much this week yeah. in the coming weeks. So um, yeah, that's what's coming this week, guys. And without further ado, let's talk about some other stuff. So Disney Plus and yes. Hulu are merging into one streaming platform. And, you know, we talked- One app, yeah. Yes, one app. Yeah. Um, and we so, talked about HBO yeah, go ahead. and- Sorry. Um, what was it? Discovery Plus turning mm -hmm. into Max. Yeah, seems like similar thing going on here, from what I can tell. Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, Disney Plus and Hulu, both owned by Disney. Yes. Um, and it's come in a bundle in the past. Yep. Um, the other the other X factor in here is ESPN. Mm -hmm. uh, their app is also is like it's kind of that was their big three. Disney yeah. Plus, Hulu and ESPN. Yep. But now Hulu stuff's going to be in Disney Plus 
Disney Plus stuff's going to be in Hulu. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it's just like which way it kind of migrates or if it might like if they just like axe the Hulu app altogether. Yeah. Um, Or if it's just going to be, I don't know. Yeah. This is particularly weird because Disney has been very out front with the fact that they're like the stuff that goes to Hulu like can't be on Disney because it's Disney's more kid oriented and, and Hulu can be anything. And as we've seen, like a lot of the Fox, um, and Disney properties that happen to be a little bit more adult oriented, go straight to Hulu, like no questions asked. And so like prey being the, the yeah prime example, I think prey hellraiser. Um, and so this is weird to me only because of that reason alone. I'm like, they made such a stink about this, and now I don't know if that was an Iger thing or if it was a Chapek thing. Like I think that was right when Chapek was still like in the height of his yeah. his reign there. But like this is a big change from what that yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, it does have the scent of Bob Iger going, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like why are we doing this? <laughs> um, you know, like why are we having everything separated out? But you're right. not wrong. Like it does feel like it's going to dilute the brand of disney plus right because disney plus is very much like for kids like in all honesty i mean they have all the marvel stuff on there they have all the star wars stuff on there sure pixar yeah pixar but like pixar all the disney classic stuff all the live action remakes like all that is a kid leaning thing right and it seems like an overcomplication almost totally to combine these for no other reason than like, I'm just thinking if I was like a parent, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I have to like set up parental controls here sure. for, for Disney plus all of a sudden, because totally. I don't want my kid finding Pulp Fiction. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, yes. It's an interest. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they do it it's still very early like we're not getting a lot we haven't gotten all the information about it they've just kind of announced that they're doing it yes but it'll be interesting to see if they see like that's the weird thing i'm like so if they just ditch hulu like are they just letting the hulu brand go it's hulu's been around for as long as netflix has been around yeah i wonder i wonder if it's going to be this i wonder if all of the produced content that's like Hulu originals, et cetera, et cetera, is going to migrate. And then Hulu will become watch the stuff that you that airs on network TV. Mm, like FX and their Fox network stuff. Like FX. Well, yeah. And like, you know, the CBS shows and mm. like ABC and et cetera. Like all that stuff that's like, yeah, it airs the day after. It runs on on network TV. Yeah. I could see that because I feel like that's kind of what Hulu's brand originally was. Totally. Yeah. You know, like I would definitely subscribe to Hulu so I could watch like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Always Sunny. uh, Yeah. Always Sunny. Yeah. And it's interesting because I can't really place a lot of Hulu originals that I've sought out on the Hulu app, whereas there's plenty of Disney Plus originals that I've sought out on the Disney Plus app. Totally. I don't know. It's interesting. It is. Consolidation. It's something we've been kind of forecasting for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That I think we're starting to tip into like, you know, everyone's always been like, oh, it's eventually just going to become cable. And it's like, it's like, yeah, but (laughs) not going to lie. Like if ESPN is an outlier for me Mm -hmm. on this, at least. If they can say, here's an app that has all three of these and it's like six bucks more a month, even that's like a lot, but like, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind having ESPN if it was bundled. Totally. But like, I'm not going to subscribe to ESPN no. separately. No. Um, and it's interesting because I'm reading here that Iger had said that while we continue to offer um, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus as standalone options. This is a logical pr- progression of the direct-to-consumer offerings. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, you know, for a while, they'll probably remain separate as well. But sure, when they do 
eventually collapse into themselves. Like there are many people that I know who just subscribe to Hulu that don't subscribe to Disney Plus and vice versa. So I'm like, is this not actually a a bad move? Because there's also people who subscribe to both and are paying, you know, ten yeah. or eleven to twelve bucks a month for both of these things. I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I'm just kind of wondering why. Like why? It doesn't seem like it's something that makes all that much sense for them, even in the earnings financially. Like, are you not just well, like, upping the yeah. price of one service and then just eliminating the other one? Like, <laughs> well, the interesting thing I feel like with that is from like a cost point of view, mm-hmm. it probably costs a lot less to maintain yeah. one big app than two big apps. That's true. That's true. Or three big apps. Um, but like, you know, it also costs more to maintain four if you're just going to like have each of them individually and then one that's all of them. Right. Um, but I think you're totally right. I think they will collapse in on each other eventually. Yeah. Where it's like what? Like <laughs> if you're given these options of like you can pay for these two individually or pay for this one for <laughs> less than the two individually, like why would you ever subscribe to unless you're like i hate disney regular content right you know like i hate i hate marvel and i hate star wars and i hate pixar and i hate this can't even see it but yeah. i really like network tv and like fox originals and etc like i there's no one that could make that argument be, just because it's like you can't passionately hate one right <laughs> And be passionate about the other because it's like if you hate Disney, then like yeah, hate Hulu you hate all too. Of it. Like yeah. that's like it's still Disney. It's the so. same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting. It we'll have to check back in after this because they did say it was going to be this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be. We'll have to check in at some point and see how we feel about the new Disney Plus Hulu situation and how we feel about max yeah um yeah because these are two big moves of combining and it's kind of like the first steps of anything combining yes and it'll be interesting to see because i think however the max rebranding goes will influence this uh consolidation 100 percent, 100 percent um and I just read that uh, they're in the process of reviewing their content because they're going to remove some content from both services when the merge happens. So mm. I'm like, mm, are they going to try and align one more with the other, which is making me nervous, too, because I'm like, Hulu is like the bear is an original on Hulu. Like, that's not a Disney yeah. show. <laughs> this is very much not a Disney Plus show. So, like, what would you lose from that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. But I... We'll we'll see because I, mm. I I mean even the Max stuff I'm like all of their branding has changed to Max already like on their like you know on yeah. their, their TV spots and stuff so I'm like and they okay. run they run little title cards before their program that says on I think it's May 28th right uh, HBO Max will become Max right <laughs> I don't know which like my thing is is like I'm waiting with bated breath to see if I have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, is it going to be like, hey, like, even if it's just like you got an email, go click an activation link in this email. We can switch you over. Mm -hmm. Or if it's just going to be like, you have Max now. Right. It's just is Max. Yeah. 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 Which like, I'll be interesting to see. I'm like, is my Apple TV going to have a Max and a Discovery app that are just both going to be at? max like right two max apps <laughs> yeah like the technology side of it is away? what i'm really curious about yeah yeah but can it just go away without me deleting it or is it like dude i don't know <laughs> we're in uncharted territory now this is very strange um, but it's like yeah well i'm like i'm sure apple has the technology and i'm saying in terms of my apple tv i'm sure this would be true on like roku or fire tvs or whatever too i'm sure they have the technology to say we don't offer that app in our app store anymore take it off everything right but you can't do that because you don't know who has HBO and you don't know who has Discovery. You and you just can't just say like it. everything's yeah. HBO now because all the people that don't have HBO are going to. So it's like it's a, a, a logistical kind of undertaking for sure. Yeah. And like we said the same thing about Max, but like this year seems like a really fast turnaround to 
build a new app. Yes. And I said this before, like, what do I know? Right. But like, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's fast. Yes. And what do we know? But also like we have seen these companies make absolute ridiculous things happen for no reason for losses. So it's like, I, you know, yeah. we don't know much, but like nobody really knows what's going on and what's going to do well because it's all changing. But yeah, we'll definitely see what happens because I'm very, very, I mean, I'm also like what other services are going to start merging together? Like, because yeah. like I just read there that Disney's hoping to potentially buy out Comcast's stake in hulu as well so they own all of it in the end so it's like things are happening right now (laughs) yeah and i'm like that that thing i'm like i'm amazed that hasn't happened i can't believe hulu lets anybody or that disney is like letting anybody else play in that sandbox it's crazy (laughs) it'll be interesting to see if they're gonna remove stuff like i don't see bob Iger leaving money on the table of like let's remove a ton of stuff and like possibly alien. I wonder if they'll start licensing out this stuff. Like, do you think this stuff could start showing up on Netflix? Anything for a buck, maybe Paramount plus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And, and for Paramount plus, I'm like, how long is that going to exist for? Cause it seems like all of these streamers are like kind of hemorrhaging money in one way or another, either in the content side or not. I would argue that Paramount plus is one of the stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's weird. I don't know. That'd be an interesting thing to an exercise of like, let's rank what we think the strongest yeah. streaming platforms are. We should do that in the future. Yeah. Cause I'm like <laughs> Paramount plus would not be at the bottom of the list. No, God, no, definitely you know, not. They are making a ton of content. They are. And so is Disney. And so, and so is Netflix. I'm like, so is Peacock though. Like, like Peacock is a weird, like weirdly a powerhouse. Yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> Never would have thought. Um, yeah. Like, I would say Peacock's doing a lot better than Disney+. Plus. Definitely. You Their know. content is better, to be honest. And they get new yeah. movies that aren't just Marvel movies on their service, which is, like, humongous. Like, yes, yeah. I never turn to Disney+, Plus to say, like, oh, what's new on Disney+, Plus for movies? Because it's fucking Marvel. That's it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing. Yeah, it really is. Even, like, the Pixar things are, like, not even that of a much of a draw it's no no it is very strange but things are uh yeah we'll 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 keep you posted on on what's going on because no doubt this is gonna add some (laughs) some issues and possibly remedy some things but i guess speaking of the times changing and things changing and movie stardom not being what it once was when movie stars a single person could open a movie and that's all you needed to know I don't know the last time that really happened and how that could even happen these days because like I don't think movie stars really I think there's do that. still a couple stragglers. Mm. But I think 98% of working actors are yeah. Like you don't have and as much as I hate to use him as like an example because of obvious reasons but like Will Smith was like the king of this yes. for the longest time, you Literally. know. Literally. You put Will Smith in a movie and it's going to make $100 million. Yes. Which is a weird, like, low metric now. But, like, I'm thinking back in the days of, like, Men in Black and things like that, you know. Um, but, like, forever, for decades. Right. For, well, probably for a decade or two. But um, but a long time, like, decades it was straight. super dependable. Yeah. Like, super dependable. And the, the slap notwithstanding, that's not the case anymore. No. Like, his stuff isn't dependable to that. And the only ones, there's only like a couple, I think, that are like top tier enough mm-hmm. to draw that kind of. But like, let's co- let's come back and yeah, and, and talk about what we're actually talking about. Yes. So, um, Elle Fanning did an interview where she basically was talking about some of the roles that she either wasn't invited to participate in or might have lost out on. Um, and a reason that she gave was because she didn't have a big enough Instagram following, from what I gathered. Yes. Which is a really strange metric for someone getting a role or not, because it really yeah. didn't have anything to do. And now Elle Fanning is fantastic, but it didn't yeah. have anything to do with her um, with her skill, her talent. Yeah. And I think we should point out 
I think it said she had 6.8 million six point followers. Two. Two? Which 6. is... 6.2 million Instagram followers. So it's like, we're not talking insubstantial amounts no. in any capacity, but no. like, not even a, like close enough. Right, which yeah. is so weird. And I don't understand... Because at this point, I I think that new actors are breaking through easier these days than ever before because we don't have those like staples of cinema. Like, yes, you can still have Keanu in a film and people will maybe take a look at it because it's Keanu yeah. Reeves or Kate Blanchett. But like in terms of new actors... Like, I yeah. don't know. Even like the Marvel guys, you think about it, it's like, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. being in a movie is going to bring people into that movie yeah. necessarily. Now, well, and we've talked about that before where it's like, yeah. it's, and Quentin Tarantino's talked about that before where yes. it's like, it's not the actor that's drawing things in, it's the character, mm-hmm. which I think is true for Marvel. But like the social media thing is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Especially when six million followers doesn't even get you. It's like, yeah, not even like, like that's not in the conversation. Lot. That's a ton yeah. of followers, dude. Like that's 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 insane. She also was talking about movies like the MCU movies or like a Star Wars movie or yeah. like these big. But I mean, JJ, what they did with the new Star Wars movies, like they cast a bunch of unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. The place my mind immediately went when we we started talking about this before, or, or when we were talking about it before the pod, uh, is we've talked a bunch about how there's kind of we're splitting into two film industries. Yeah, we're talk we're talking about the big tentpole stuff that's gonna make nine hundred billion dollars, mm-hmm. nine hundred billion, nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> Avatar five. Avatar five. <laughs> you know, and like is only gonna be in like is going to be part of this whole franchise and it's going to be this big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, your fast and furious is your MCU, your I'll put John wick in there. Yeah. Like there's that. And then there's like everything else. And I think we're getting to the point that like, you can't really compare the two anymore. No, because if you're talking about the production of some kind of new franchise, mm-hmm. you know, we'll say MCU. I don't remember. I don't think they said exactly what, L fanning was up for no no um but like for argument's sake we'll say like i don't know captain marvel or something like that yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah if you're gonna bring a new property to market with that Mm -hmm. like having a built-in audience yeah that you know are following this particular person i can see that as being like a big like important thing totally you know what i mean where it's like yeah like we need to have someone that's well-known, someone that's going to, and there's not a lot of metrics for that. And there've never really been a lot of metrics for that. Right. There's box and office. And now <laughs> there's a big one yeah. staring them in the face. Yeah. Um, and advertising. It's like, listen, if you can mark, because now social media is a marketing platform too. If you can get yeah. a Florence Pugh who probably, I mean, I don't know what she's, I'm guessing she has 10, 20 million followers sure. or something. That's humongous for marketing. If she puts something on her grid or on her story and twelve million, nine point one. Okay, so just barely more than Elle Fanning. Regardless, yeah. that's a lot of eyes on a promotional push. You know, without yeah. having to do much, like you just post something there, and you don't have to pay. I mean, you obviously have to pay her, but it's probably in her contract somewhere that she must do X amount of posts throughout yeah. this. Um, that is so the, built in. <laughs> the the star that I have in mind that I'm like is kind of one of the, is the Rock. Well, yeah, I think he has the most. Followers. You know, the Rock is like a massive. The Rock has 379 million followers. Yeah, I think Ronaldo you know, might have slightly more, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that is bankable, and like anything that he posts on his Instagram is like widely spread out. Yeah, he's like one of the like last really bankable. People and yes. the thing with the rock movies is like there aren't a lot that are like really good. <laughs> no, like I'm just like y- you're you, totally you think right. of like his draw is him, yeah, it's it's Dwayne, yeah. Um, like Black Adam 
was about the rock. Yeah. You know, Jumanji is like built around the rock. Like, I mean, and like red notice, I think is the, the, like the peak of this, of like, these are built to reach as many people as possible who are just going to watch it because these people are in it. Totally. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, like the rock Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot, like, yeah, there you go. Doesn't have to be good. People nope. are going to see it regardless. It's about the numbers. And that's the, that's that top tier that I'm talking about. And then like you get to the rest of everybody and it's like, I think that the social media thing is not nearly as impactful. Totally. You know, because with these smaller things, it's like, yeah, what does it matter if it's, I mean, it matters, but like, what does it matter if it, it's, if something's like not guaranteed a wide release, Mm -hmm. you know, like Bo is afraid, not guaranteed a wide release. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's not even an indie, but like, it's not, it's not like a wide appeal. Totally. Totally. You know, so it doesn't matter how many people you can reach right on social with it. Not that it doesn't matter, but like, but it's not as, yeah, it doesn't matter as much. It's a different conversation. Totally. Yeah. So like, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is like, yeah. If you're trying to get in this upper tier, I don't want to, I like, I'm, I'm hesitant to use like upper and lower, like, vernacular just because yeah. it's like i'm not necessarily saying that these are better things but like higher grossing i'll say there you go yeah. to get to this higher grossing tier it's like yeah it's a different criteria sure uh but like it's not the only criteria it's like a, going a different path right you know what i mean like if you want to be in you know blue beetle that's a different direction than if you want to blue beetle might be a bad example but that's a different direction than if you want to be in you know, Ari Aster's next film. A hundred percent. Totally. And like you said, like the social media following while isn't necessarily completely, you know, the end all be all, but like it is a metric of how many people favor this person, how many people might go see this person if they're in a movie. Um, And it's like a, it's like you said, like one of the first built in metrics that we have to know just how popular someone actually is versus like, oh, they're in a movie, the movie did well. Do we really know if it had anything to do with them or the movie? Like, we're not really sure. We're just going to go off of, yeah, it seems like people like this person. Yeah. Now it's like 10 million people like this person and we know it. (laughs) Here's the big one to throw out there. You ready? Yeah. Um, And check in on Tuesday, but Priyanka on Tuesday, check in on Sunday, but Priyanka Chopra Jonas. 87 million. 87 million. Which is like, that's one of those things I'm like, that puts her in Citadel. That definitely puts her in you Citadel. You know what I mean? Like, that's the conversation. That's a big enough number that, like, Citadel's going to reach her following. And her following's going to watch it. A hundred percent. That's, I did not know she had that. That's, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I think Richard Madden I just saw has like under 4 million, but again, it's yeah. different. It's different. Like they kind of even each other out because of that. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like, is Priyanka Chopra's like, is she, her base? What's going to watch Citadel? Like is regardless. Yeah. <laughs> like her base. Cause I mean, I don't know much about her, but like, yeah, I mean, just looking at her Instagram, you know, like, it's a lot of beauty shots, a lot of fashion yep. shots and stuff like that. And that's what her character is in Citadel. It's, it's all about like the look and like all this kind of stuff. Um, right. And that's like the people that are gonna tune into Citadel to see her be like, look great. I, I don't mean any of this to sound like no, negative, but for like, sure. <laughs> you know, they're going to tune in to see her in a stunning red dress and like are going to be all about that red dress. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing. And I think it's it's possible that Citadel is like the first TV show that's existing in this other tier that I'm talking about. Oh, you know what I mean? Where it doesn't have to be good. No, it doesn't have to be filmically good. It has to be watched like watched. Oh, good God. That's a really watched for this is made to be watched versus like 
appreciate it. Like, cause it's one of those, like I'll, I'll put red notice in there too. Like yeah. red notice is in that same thing. It's like, here's three big names who are going to bring their own people. And like, yeah, interesting. Well, and it was watched by, and, and the, the proof is there. It was watched by like a, like there was like two billion hours watched a fucking red notice. It did the equivalent of like a $200 million opening. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's a success. There's Red Notice two coming and probably a spinoff, you know. And like yeah. that is a success for Netflix and all these streamers. Like, and they've been very clear that it's about metric. It has nothing to do. They don't even let you know. They don't even let you rate it on their own site. So it's like, of yeah. course, they don't give a shit if you like it or not. They care that you watched it. You know, um, that is crazy. But Netflix also does the thing where they let filmmakers kind of run away with money and do what they want to like good filmmakers so it's kind of like a they do it both ways and i you know it's very weird that this has become something but is this the same thing as like 20 seasons of ncis like the lowest denominator and no shade to ncis but i'm like these shows are not that great like grays it's like these shows that are just on because people love to watch them it's like or still, yeah, just like endlessly on. Endlessly on. Because it's like we're just going to keep making them. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's good. It's people watch it every week. Is this the new? But my God. But they're, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. I, I will put it out there. Uh, I really appreciate Richard Madden's uh, Instagram that I'm looking at here because he's oh, got God. like a handful of Citadel posts. And then literally the next thing, the next thing previous to his first citadel post is yeah. an eternals post oh the guy's just like not my he's guy not doing it no whereas <laughs> priyanka's got something like every you know day like her citadel stuff is like down yeah she's burying on her, that shit yeah. on her thing yeah madden's well, like she just posted some and richard madden's like oh yeah here's me and stanley tucci it's literally just promotional marketing material he does not he's never seen his own instagram yeah. feed so and he's got three million followers it doesn't matter yeah god which like it's all it's all chaos because i was like yeah he's got three million dollars three million followers which is like not enough to put him in the nc oh wait. oh wait it was um <laughs> i i maintain i feel like richard madden just has the best agent in the business somehow totally because the guy just keeps getting these huge things fed up to him that are yeah above his pay grade it's weird it's so weird Um, but anyway so i don't know man like do i i guess the question is like do we care if you need we'll say for argument's sake the cut off his 10 million followers to even sure. be considered for a uh an mcu or something upper grossing film mm-hmm. i it's i don't know i don't i, I also don't know um it's tough for me because i'm not super active on social media so like i don't catch a lot of this stuff for you know? sure yeah um it's weird because like you there is some kind of gauge for talent, you know, like I'm looking Zendaya has 179 million followers. Like there's sure. something actually, let's see what Chalamet has because there's something 18.4. Like there, there's something, there's something to it. Like the metric isn't completely useless, but at the same time, I'm like, like you said, do I care? Because yeah. If we're still getting, and we'll move on right after this, but if we're still getting these big swings from filmmakers who who actually work with talented, not actually work with talented people, but but favor talent over reach, yeah, maybe I'm okay with the citadels of the world and the red notices of the world if we continue to get major swings by good filmmakers, which brings yeah. us to our final topic audaciously large what the swings hell are they doing yeah. <laughs> coming from filmmakers that are never going to make their budget back like there's no way um tune in on sunday to hear my thoughts on Bo is afraid i saw it last week um which is the kind of the crux of why we're talking about this um but over the last year and and continuing on through this year and probably years going forwards there's been this uptick that i've noticed of really great filmmakers, not just commercially successful filmmakers, but just really good, solid directors. Yeah. Being given the opportunity to just 
make the movie they want to make. And a lot of times Dude, these filmmakers are fucking weirdos, man. Like they're weird and they do weird stuff. And I'll put Jordan Peele in this category. I'll put Greta Gerwig with her Barbie movie. Like, yeah, those are weird movies, man. Nope. And Barbie, like that's, that's odd. And yeah. you know, I talked about before the pod, Noah Baumbach and white noise and Damien Chazelle and Babylon and, 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 you know, Inyaritu and Bardo. And now Ari Aster and Bo is afraid. It's like, these are movies that either were on the front page of Netflix or were in 4,000 theaters or, yeah. you know, have a massive marketing push. You know, I even will put um, Alex Garland's Men in there. It's like that trailer yeah. played in front of fucking every movie. And that is yeah. one of the that weirdest was a films. Big push. Yeah. Massive swing that most people hated. It's like, what is, what is going on here? Because like, Bo's Afraid will never make its budget back. Babylon did not make its budget back and was yeah. never going to make its budget back. Like, what the hell yeah. is going on here? And there is, well, and it's it's interesting because, like, I, I want to be like, oh, well, like, in streaming and stuff like that, but it's not just streaming. It's across the board. Yeah. Everyone's just, like, letting people r- kind of run. Yeah. With no um, oversight. With, well, with little no, oversight. With no, well, but, like, it, it's one of those, I'm like, I'm sure there's some oversight, but like nothing like it used to be. No. You know what I mean? Like how many times did we used to talk about like this was clearly studio interference that just like destroyed this movie? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And not even on big tentpole stuff, just like no. small things that you're like, mm, yeah. 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 So like, A, I'm for it. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's, it's weird because I feel like this is the top level of that like other industry that we're talking about you know what i mean there's like the popcorn and then there's like this is the upper echelon of this other kind of thing where it's like right here's a talented filmmaker that we're gonna give pretty much whatever and make the weirdest thing imaginable yeah you know like and i don't know what the like cutoff is or what the criteria is right because this is ari aster's third movie right which is nuts yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you know, you can say like Noah Baumbach or like Damien Chazelle, like I don't, Damien Chazelle's on like four or five or something. He, he's, yeah. And he's um, had massive success financially and critically. Yeah. So. Well, Ari has and, too, it, and then there's, yeah. Well, and then there's like, you know, Scorsese and um, Ridley and all these Fincher, ones. They're just yeah. like, fin- they're going to do whatever, you know, I want, it's weird. I want to put Nolan in this category, but I'm like, I don't think it, it is like Nolan does weird ass shit but he's always done weird shit but he's always done weird shit and he's always done massive shit yeah you know what i mean like (laughs) his first like i mean batman begins is a massive movie yeah um and yeah anyway um i don't know why that's that feels different to me but he's in his own class it's kind of strange he's like straddling the line between these two things he he literally Um, is yeah so like the thing I don't get is what's the criteria? Like, yeah, because I'm sh- it's, it's weird. We're on this podcast. We've done almost a hundred episodes on this podcast and I could probably name 10, 20 directors off the top of my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like the ones that are getting these big things are, what am I trying to articulate here? I'm like, it's, these people are seemingly coming from not nowhere, but from like, it's like a, a rapid ascent to boom. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That I just like, I don't see what the difference is between like Chloe Zhao. Like, where is she? Right. You know what I mean? Like she did a Marvel thing here, but I'm like, where is her bombastic insane thing? Right. Is this just the crazy people that are going to like, that are full force going for it that I'm like, I'm going to make my four hour epic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do remember those people from like film school. Totally. That's like, I'm going to make the biggest movie this film school has ever seen. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> good luck. Okay, dude. <laughs> like, are these just like that group of people is finding a platform now? I mean, maybe because it's, it's weird because there's like, there's levels to it in like 
I put Barbie in there because it's we it's again we've talked about it. There's no way this movie would have been made even five years ago, like given yeah. this kind of climate. Um, and Greta, like, is a very com- like critically successful filmmaker, and she's been commercially yeah. successful. But like, even with Jordan Peele and Nope, it's like they were they. It seems like studios they're they have more confidence in filmmakers earlier on and i don't know exactly why that is if it's like yeah because get out and i think what was her first Lady Bird? it's like i'm mm-hmm. sure the studios were like well you know do this and do but like i don't know how much not, even with really, hereditary yeah. with ari i'm like where did like how did they get so lucky you don't to just feel make fingertips their film? on it yeah. yeah they're just good movies um and damien chazelle i think was la la land his first maybe or no um, whiplash <clears throat> oh no what was the I, I honestly don't remember past then. Um, it's, it's, I remember, what was it? Uh, uh, yeah, Whiplash. It was Because he did the Whiplash short. That's and right. And he did the extended, yeah. That's right. Um, but I mean, you look at him and it's like, you got Whiplash, you got La La Land, you got First Man. And then Babylon. And then Babylon. And it, that's like, <laughs> Babylon is nuts. Crazy. For a fifth movie. It's insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I like it's weird because I say this because it's like a lot of these directors, like how many movies do they really make? Sure. You know, sure. like you, you look at Ridley Scott who makes one every six months, like sure. But yeah. then you look at like Quentin Tarantino who makes one every three, four years. Right. Um, right. And it's just like, you know, I, I, I hesitate bringing up Tarantino at all in any of our conversations because I'm like, he exists outside. He's of such everything. an outlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. Let me ask this question. Yeah. This was the thing I wrote down when we were we were first talking about this. Like, are these studios, like, hurting for content? Mm. We, we talk all the time about how we're making more than ever yeah. before, you know? Yeah. Um, I think in, like, 2019 or something, we were making, like, 700 movies were released yeah. somewhere around there. And then COVID, like, knocked that all off and right. screwed everything up. But, like... Right like are studios looking to create so much content to feed the beast honestly right because everyone's sitting at home or sitting in the theater consuming 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 content right that if damien chazelle who's directed we'll say three really good movies academy award nominated movies (laughs) yeah comes and says i want to make a movie about like 30s Hollywood that has a loose story structure and is like insane and has a huge cast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Are they more likely to say yes? Because it's like, ooh, like here's another thing that we can check Mm. and like we can put this out and we can make something about it and we can have a, a Oscar run or something like that. But like it's also something to feed the beast. You know, and like we don't have to find a new like if we can get a, a a known director right to come to us with his passion project, we get it as opposed to Paramount, or we get it as opposed to Netflix, or what like right. It's it's definitely possible. It's just weird to see this level of like just complete trust in the yeah. in the in the talent because that never really happened before, even with some of the biggest filmmakers. Like we talk about how. With Wolf of Wall Street, Marty couldn't get funding for Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, like that was a decade ago. Like he could, he, Martin Scorsese, the man who had already directed Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, could not get funding to fucking make Wolf of Wall Street. And yeah. it's like, so what happened between then and now? Where and I think it might be you're right. Like I think they're they're hurting for content, but it's still weird because it's not like they're just saying like well here's five million bucks to make your little indie it's like no here's 200 million bucks to make yeah. babylon or here's you know irishman costs i think 300 million dollars or something crazy yeah. like that and it's like these I are took three years yeah right and even nope which was a universal picture so like it went to you know obviously was in the studio system like that even costs like 80 90 million dollars on a movie that's yeah. like very idiosyncratic and strange and um like and peel is commercially successful but nope is like People hated that movie, man. Like, people yeah. really hated that movie. Um, and to think that they were just like, cool. Like, 
do this. Like, just, you know, it's not going to be yeah. 100% a home run, but, like, we trust you. That's never really happened before in my knowledge of sure. filmmaking. Yeah, like, I mean, like, something so so much freedom is is unique. I mean, and I think, you know, there's supply and demand here. And it's interesting because totally. you bring up Wolf of Wall Street. Like, that was 2013. Right. Which is like more or less right around when Netflix started doing streaming stuff. It's true. So it's like, you want to talk about what's changed. It's like, that is like everything. And it, we've talked before about DVDs and things like that, how there was like a secondary mm. market in terms of like revenue. Totally. Um, With it, with DVD sales and like, you know, you could get more risk on indie stuff because you know, you can make it later. There was always going to be a second, yeah. secondary market. Yeah, like I wonder if there is a secondary market going on mm-hmm. of this stuff on streaming platforms. That's not necessarily like a monetary, yeah, value. Like yeah. where you know, because like you can't really say that like you know Netflix makes something because it's going to make them money at the box office, right? Right. It's all about retention, things like that. And like, you know, something like Nope, something like Nope might be a box office like failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nope might not be the best uh, example as we get further down this this yeah. train of thought I'm, I'm following here. Sure. But, uh, you know, Nope might not have as big of a a box office as they want, but in terms of its ability to draw people to a platform yeah, and draw subscribers and things like that, that's a, that's another argument that doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it, but is not without value. Totally. Did that make sense? I feel like I like kind of, it did. <laughs> it was swerving off to the left. No, there, but. I get you. I think a better example would have been Babylon only because no nope yeah. did make a profit and Babylon didn't even come close to making a profit. Sure. But a ton of people, including yourself, watched Babylon as soon as it hit, what was it, uh, Paramount Plus or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a ton of people watched it and it's like, well, that's pretty huge because everyone saw the trailers for Babylon. They were probably like, oh, I don't want to go sit in the theater for three hours, but I'll fire it up here if it's right yeah. here. Um I mean, yeah, the retention is basically what pe- what these streamers are looking for at this point. It's not about quality, it's about retention. But I'm like, but that doesn't that still confuses me because I'm like, but Bo is afraid. I'm like it's A24, so again, it's a little bit of an outlier. Like they will give yeah. people money to do the weird stuff anyway, but like I mean, Bardo is a good one. Like who's fucking firing up netflix to be like bardo like let's go even when it was brand new like it wasn't on their homepage. like it was like a maybe let's bury this thing and um so i I really don't question too of like does it matter if you watch the whole thing for it to be valuable right like how long you know if like bardo is way too long right uh but i'm like if Netflix sees that I watched like half an hour of that. Is that does put that it count? in the plus column? Yeah. Does that count? Is that like, that's you a know? click? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's wild. Again, I'm totally for the uh, studios just cutting checks and letting people do yeah. what they want. But, uh, but I'm like, it. The, the change was just so quick that I'm like, why, how we went from not being able to get funding for shit to like funding everyone's dream projects, yeah. like big or small. Yeah. <laughs> So. And it'll be interesting to see if it sustains or if it's like, you know, in two years we're talking about uh, Damien Chazelle, yeah. like, having his project nuked at, at Paramount because right. he, you know, wouldn't do something or could only do that. Like, yeah. Right. Is, is Are we raising a generation of spoiled uh, <laughs> filmmakers is the question. It's possible. It's possible. But again, like, I don't know. It's. Let's see Ari Aster try and get folded into a studio rom-com. Like, oh, God. You know what? I think he could... After seeing Bo's Afraid, I'm like, he could fucking do it, and he would do something really weird with it. But they wouldn't let him run wild. Yeah. It's the only thing. No one would well, be yeah, no dead like, bodies. If this but, has to be... If, yeah, if this has to be, like, you know, um, 
Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You know, Christ. with with uh, Clooney and uh, uh, Roberts there. Oh yeah, Julia Roberts. I was like, who even Julia was in Roberts, that? Yeah. I had I had uh, Sandra Bullock in my head, and I was like, that's not who no, it was. No, no. <laughs> that was uh, t- I don't know. Anyway. Oh, the lost. Yeah, city. man. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if the the checks keep coming. I mean, we talked about disney consolidating their platforms so yeah like you know less mouths to feed the beast i guess totally um yeah i don't know we'll see yeah god that was a really up and down episode i feel like yeah (laughs) uh a lot of a lot of like speculation going on as to why things are the way they are well it's weird and i wonder like because we don't have insight like i know we're guessing we don't see these metrics no you know what i mean and like yes netflix has it's like top 10 lists or whatever but like doesn't mean anything we're not even sure what the metrics for that are so right and we're not gonna we're never gonna find out like we're never gonna find out how citadel did right you know right um (laughs) is it a resounding success it might be (laughs) I mean, if all of uh, Priyanka's yeah. viewers watched it, that's that's good. Subscribers watched it, that's that's massive. Yeah, but anyhow, uh, let's move on to our recommendations here, which yes. um, actually ties right into our last couple topics here, which is uh, a movie. Oh, wait a minute, no, what? W- I don't have it written down here anymore. What was it? <laughs> uh, it is a movie that we love starring an actor or actors that probably wouldn't have the following to uh, make a big movie. That's right. I wrote it down on my phone and didn't write it down on my document. So I was going to about to recommend something that was completely wrong, but um, (laughs) wait, or was it perfect? It might've been, let me just figure out, you know what? I think this works. Yeah. See, now I'm looking at mine and I'm like, I don't really like it. (laughs) (laughs) well you can change it i uh okay mine still works okay so i assume would you like me to go first uh no well yeah you you can go first that's fine okay um i have two here i'm gonna call an audible as i gets to my turn okay so a movie starring an actor who should have more followers so i'm gonna go with um I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya because he has under a million mm. followers, which is insane to me because he is literally one of the best actors working right now. Um, and I'm going to go with, I was going to go with Get Out. I'm going to go with Sicario, even though he's not the lead of that film. We haven't talked about Sicario at all. It's a Denis Villeneuve film. Um, yes. Basically about a whole bunch of different things, but about uh, Emily Blunt and Daniel Kaluuya having to do some ethically questionable things in order to basically secure the border um, and and it <laughs> attempt to work through cartels. It's it's like kind of a convoluted film, but it's it is <laughs> such a great, not just a great like uh, like cartel film in a, in a in a like a police film, but it's a it's a fantastic Villeneuve film. I think it's one of my favorites that he has done, and the performances that are given by Emily Blunt and Kaluuya are top mm-hmm. tier. I mean, I think this is the, one of the movies that made me go, "Oh, Emily Blunt is like a real one." It was this in Edge of Tomorrow where I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, hold on." Yeah, like she has a different register, and for Kaluuya, he's kind of doing something similar that he does in Nope, where he's kind of more reserved and trying to figure things out. But his character is so convincing and you Mm -hmm. are kind of like, he's the avatar for you as the audience, not being told everything from Benicio Del Toro's character and from Josh Brolin's character and trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a scene where they roll up on a, uh, like a bunch of buses where uh, like, you're not sure what's happening, but there's a bunch of migrants and a bunch of people sitting on the ground. And since yeah. you know these characters, you know something not so great is probably going down. And Kaluuya is basically like, I'm not doing anything until you tell me what's going on. And it's that moment in the movie that kind of like pushes things over where you're just like, no, you're right. Like someone needs to start explaining themselves because we've just been going along with these people who seem to be 
possibly torturing people and doing yeah. things that are unsavory to people and you're not really sure and you're doing it for the greater good of like the country and like national security but nothing has been made clear you're just crossing the border and guns have been fired and things are happening um and if you haven't seen Sicario, it's fantastic. It really is like one of those movies that's like, it doesn't even feel like a Villeneuve film except for the mm -hmm. cinematography because it's yeah. more, it's not necessarily about the like person to person relations. Like it is, but it's way more about like the vibe and the feeling and the tone of like what's going on here. And at the beginning, there's a sequence where they find a house um, and what they find in the house perfectly kind of lays out the tone of the film and what's going to be happening um yeah it's a great movie i'm a little bit like all over the place on this because i didn't think i was going to be recommending it but <laughs> sicario is great <laughs> hey uh, it's good you know i don't it's have interesting. much else to say <laughs> uh denise villeneuve i'm like kind of falls into what we were talking about earlier yeah but also like almost doesn't in that like i'm thinking i'm looking at his imdb and it's like I think his first big breakout was prisoners. Yeah. But like he had a handful of feature credits before that. He did. Which is what I think we're more like used to the kind of thing of like you look up somebody and it's like, that's their first one. And then there's like all of the stuff that they did before they got, they got big, but right. like, but then, you know, you get prisoners and then you get enemy Sicario arrival, blade runner dune. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just like a whoop, straight up. Here we go. Straight up. Yeah. up to the top you know it's um, insane but like it's more even, yeah. like blade runner getting handed a blade runner movie is a massive thing doesn't um, happen yeah doesn't yeah and then dune to follow that up and like dune is like the biggest like movie yeah thing in like a long time and it's amazing it's not just that but it's actually yeah. amazing like it's a fantastic and he's also doing movie. a cleopatra movie which oh is like gonna be wild it's gonna be wild i mean he's one of those filmmakers yeah. that just has the stuff um so anyway. yeah, Sicario, Daniel Kaluuya. I don't know how he doesn't have a million followers. I just like what the guy is amazing, like truly amazing. Um, so yeah. So mine's a little bit different. Um, mine's an older movie. Yeah, nice. Uh, but um, I will say it's interesting because I'm looking up the people in it and like <laughs> some of them aren't even on Instagram. So I'm like, this doesn't count. But mine's a movie from 2003. Uh, that I have loved since 2003 called Runaway Jury. I don't know this one at all. Um, so it's based on a John Grisham book. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, like a courtroom drama. Oh. Um, it stars Gene Hackman and Dustin Hoffman, um, as well as John Cusack and Rachel Weisz. Sure. Um, the only person I think that like, in this movie that could have had the the social that would have the social media following if it was like made today and the circumstances were like they were at their same level of stardom yeah is jeremy piven uh jeremy piven's sure. in this and it was like right around the time of entourage oh, kind yeah. of thing so it was like he was you know kind of the name in it but totally um so this is like a courtroom drama about um two guys trying to influence the outcome of a gun trial um and it's i rewatched it like a few months ago and it's it holds up it's like a little dated at this point because it is like 20 years old yeah yeah um but man the drama in this is pretty intense um it's gene hackman and dustin hoffman at their finest sure um this is the only i believe it's the only movie they ever acted in together despite the fact that they were roommates in college um, that's fucking crazy and there's a scene between the two of them that's just like a powerhouse yeah like you know master class kind of thing right um but like yeah i mean none of these guys i think would ever have the the social presence no no one in this would be cast because of their social presence right um, right right you know but uh man i love this movie um adding it to my watch list right now yeah available on hulu and paramount and paramount plus oh perfect um Watch the trailer. Gene, yeah. Gene Hackman's a powerhouse in this. Yeah. Um, when is he not? But yeah. yeah. Man. So. Gene Hackman in a courtroom is what I need to see pronto. Yeah. And I like Jeremy yeah. Piven. You know, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. Jeremy Piven, it's like a little bit of a smaller role, but I'm like, he was the one that would have, the, if, the, if 
social media today existed in 2003. Oh yeah. Jeremy Piven would be the big name. Yeah. Uh, in this movie. That's awesome. Love yeah. to see his MySpace uh, friend count. It's also like a, a, the jury is just full of like B and C level actors that you recognize You're from like, oh my everywhere. God. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, so. All right. Well, I'll be firing that up at some point in the next week, probably, because that sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's a nice, easy, uh, easy watch. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, cool. Cool. All right. So let's bring it home. Yeah. Uh, Josh, where can people see you on the internet? Uh, people can see me on the internet. Or find t- you. Sure. Know. See me, find me, wherever I am. Uh, on Twitter at JoshFuller33. Fuller is spelt with no E. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd uh, at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internet at WillisFilm. Uh, that's on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterboxd. Uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us at Pixelsplitters.com. And yes. uh, you can also find us on social at Pixel Splitters on Instagram, at Pixel Split Pod on Twitter, and at Pixel Splitters on Letterboxd, where you can find all of our recommendations, including Sicario and Runaway Jury. That you know, might not be such a bad. Yeah. Like Sicario's a little darker, but like it's, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah. Wow, man. 98. Couple we more. Got two episodes until the hundred. Until we need to figure out what the hell we're doing for one hundred. Yeah. yeah. I Googled what should I do for my hundredth podcast the other day and it was not helpful. I would assume um, it's not helpful. Um yeah. yeah. We'll we'll rest assured something will happen on our one hundredth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll mention at least that it's our one hundredth. Exactly. Maybe it's a regular episode. Yeah, maybe it's not. <laughs> well no, who knows? But uh but yeah, a hundred. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We'd love yeah. doing it. Um it's true. Yeah. Uh, and I guess end of pod. Yeah.